1: The Mystery of Contentment, next on today's edition of Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Content, being content. It's something that is quite elusive for most of us, yet if you are a Christian, real, lasting, deep, true contentment is yours in Christ. Welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Today, if you'll join us, we're in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13, as we focus in on the mystery of contentment. Won't you join us with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing, our teacher and pastor now. Once again, here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
2: Now now look at this here in verse 10. It says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Obviously, this is Apostle Paul tur- talking to the church at Philippi. And he's speaking in regards to the way in which these individuals supplied a need or were a blessing and showed care to him for his ministry. And verse 10 at verse 11, it says, not that I speak in regards to need. For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Somebody say content. Yes. I know how to be abased. And I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. And then he says this. I can do all things. Somebody say all things. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want to talk to you guys about the mystery of contentment. The mystery of contentment, you know, and for me, it is a mystery. And when you read the Bible, it really is in some ways. It's a mystery because, you know, as we're walking with God, as we're journeying with God, God has us in a place. He's doing something in our our lives and then he will do something in our lives. And so it's amazing how we can sing songs about being there must be more from God, but at the same time. God is looking for us to be content with what we do have. Amen. And sometimes in our lives, it can cause confusion. I know in my life, I'm always, it's like I'm praying. So I'm, 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 sometimes I make declarations like this. Lord, take me higher. Take me farther. Take me deeper. Take me wider. Lord, I'm happy with what you're doing in my life. And if you never did another thing, I would just be happy, God. And sometimes in our minds, if we're not watchful, we can get confused. Do we go after? Do we, do we just remain where we're at? Or what, what are we supposed to do? Are we being greedy because we want more? Are we lacking appreciation? I mean, and so sometimes when you read the Bible, there is a, 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 a mysterious aspect of, of contentment that we have to really get a grip on. Because if we don't, I'm going to show you here, it could lead us down the wrong road in life. I think to be, to be clear, we have to really understand this word content. This word here, it means to be self-sufficient in a good sense. It means to be self-sufficient in a good sense. But watch this. This word also means to be, to be adequate, enough, satisfied. With one's own lot. Now, the thing that I like about this is it's tied to self. So what happens is I have to, from a self-awareness standpoint, arrive at this particular place in my own mind. It's not something that God just gives me. I have to come to this place in my thought processes and understand that, um, uh, understand what God is looking for from me. And so it's not just something God puts in us. It's something that we have to we have to arrive at within ourselves. Okay, it's self-sufficiency in a good sense. It means to be adequate enough. This word in the Greek to be satisfied with one's own lot. It's all about perspective. Somebody say perspective. And that's what it's all about. How do I view where I'm at? what i'm where i'm going and where i will go look at it like this and i just i thought about this i have to think about what i have what i am getting and what i will get think of, think of it like this what i have what i am getting and what i will get you know the bible says that you are sanctified that's what you have you are being sanctified. That's what you're getting. And as of now, and it says you will be sanctified. It says you're sanctified. I'm being sanctified. And I will be sanctified. If I focus so much on me being sanctified in the future, I want to appreciate the fact that I am sanctified. And this is what happens a lot of times where I'm going after something, but God is working something in me and he will work something in me. If I don't stop and pause and say, God, I thank you for where I'm at while you're working something in me. And you will work something in me. Then what happens is it leads to a subtle form of frustration that can shipwreck our faith and cause discouragement. And in in some ways cause us to think that God isn't with us in life. So contentment is powerful when we understand the process of contentment. And we realize that at the end of the day what you have is good. What you're getting is good. And what you will get is good. If I don't enjoy the car that I have, then I can shipwreck or stop the process of getting, because God's already got something in the works behind the curtain that you haven't even seen yet. And then the the car that you're going to need 20 years from now He's already got that one picked out, but you just haven't even gotten there yet. And if you're still thinking about the one you're going to get 20 years from now, you're not going to enjoy the one that you got now. And now let me pause and say this. And if you don't enjoy the one that you got now, why should God? You got kids. You come home and you give the kid the kid. You give, oh, this is a brand new. Oh, yeah, this is nice, but. Now, as a parent, what do you do when, when you come home and you went out there, went to Toys R Us, stood in a line, feet hurt, back hurt, just got off work, trying to be nice to the kid. You come home, give him the thing. Here you go. You excited, aren't you? Aren't you? Well, it, I wanted the red one. <laughs> the devil is alive. Amen. Can I have an amen? The red one is coming, baby. You better enjoy this black one you got. But what happens, that's sometimes how we deal with our relationship with God. We don't understand the value and the power of contentment and the mystery of contentment. God wants us to appreciate where we're at while he's working on us in the moment and preparing us for something that he's going to bring in our lives. in whatever area it is in our lives. But sometimes in saints, we fail in this. And I love Apostle Paul. He stops in the midst of him being in a situation where obviously there were things that were necessary for his journey. Things that God was trying to prepare for him. And he stops in the middle of this um, epistle and he gives him a glimpse uh, and he basically cracks the code of contentment. And he says it here in verse Ten, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regards to need. He says, for I have learned. Somebody say learned. He says, in whatever state I am to be what? Content. He says, I've learned this. I've learned this. This word in the Greek, learn, it means to learn. It means to understand thoroughly. This word is tied to discipleship. You and I cannot be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ if we don't learn the value of contentment in our lives. He says, I have, it means to understand thoroughly. It is tied to the word um, discipleship. And I love this. This word, it means to perceive clearly. Perception. How do you? How are you perceiving things? And to perceive clearly, this word in the Greek, he says, "I learned this." And you know, for all of us, God will take us through times in our lives when we learn the value of being content. But do we pass the test? Do we understand or perceive what God is doing in our lives? And do we have we really got to a place of self sufficiency where we? Convinced ourselves that what I have is okay for right now. It's enough for right now. And God, I praise you for it. Yeah. I'm satisfied for what you're doing now, knowing that you're doing something in me and you will do something in me. Knowing that you're going to do something for me and you will. You're doing something for me and you will do something for me. Yeah. I've got it, God. I understand it. I perceive it thoroughly. I'm clearly convinced that God, I have something, I'm getting something, and I will get something. That God, you're con- these three phases are constantly going on in my life, in some area of my life. And so God, I thank you. I'm content. I'm content. It doesn't mean that I'm not looking for more. It just means that as I'm looking for more, I'm thankful for what I do have. And so he says here that he's learned. Now, listen, we have to understand Apostle Paul's ministry. His ministry was a ministry of hardship. It was a ministry of trial. It was a ministry of great pressure, of great need. It was a ministry of, of literal battles, fightings, imprisonment, hungers, thirst, um, situations where the Bible says that he had to overcome his fears Inside were fears. I mean, so these are things that he had to deal with, he had to fight against, but in the midst of it all, how can he pause here and tell these people he's learned that when in any state that he's learned to be content? Powerful. Powerful. When we really consider it. When we really consider it. And I'm not denying people's personal situations and problems. But I'm going to tell you that if the problem or situation didn't kill you, you're going to make it. Can I have an amen? Amen. You're going to make it. I guarantee you that by the grace of God. But what happens here is Apostle Paul, he begins to shed light, but verse 12 is the verse that really just touches me. He says in verse 12, he says, I know how to be abased. He says, I know. How to abound. He says, I know this, this from a, from a perception standpoint, an experience standpoint, from a knowledge standpoint, from a mental standpoint, I know this. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. And in life, all of us are going to have to learn how to walk on the mountain and how to walk in the valley sometimes. Because every day, we don't know, sometimes you're going to be on the mountaintop. you got to know how to deal with that correctly, just like you have to know how to deal with the low times. Amen? Amen. He says, I know this. And then he stops and he says this. He says, everywhere and in all things, he says, I have learned. Now, this is interesting because this is a different Greek word. It's not the same "learn" that we found in verse 11. This is a different learned that we see here. He says, I have learned, he says, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And so next week, I'm going to tell you what this other learn means. Look what it says here. He says, and everywhere in all things, I have both learned. I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I've learned this. It's a different Greek word. And this word in the Greek, it is translated to shut the mouth. I'm I'm, I'm just telling you. This Greek word, it means to shut the mouth. It means, now this is powerful. It says to initiate into the mysteries. To initiate into the mysteries. It means to to introduce... To things not known before, it means now, watch this to learn a secret. He says, I've learned, I've learned, I've learned a secret. I've through my silence, I've been initiated into a secret or a mystery, and this is powerful and critical as we're. As we're going through this, in fact, the King James also says to be instructed. I've been instructed in this. So what happens is, for us, as we're going through lives, our lives, one of the greatest things that we could ever do as we're journeying through life, as we're in a place, being prepared in a place, and getting ready for, for a place, is to learn the art of silence and instruction. And instruction. Because, you know, our mouth wants to tell us everything that we need to know or do or the how and the what and the where and the when. And the... and sometimes in order to really get the perception and to see clearly and to really get introduced to the mystery of contentment, the best thing that we can do is just be quiet and learn like he said in verse 11, to minister to ourselves about the things that we do have and, this, and, the, and to be satisfied with what we do have instead of getting to this place where we talk ourselves out of um, the blessed state that we really are in. I don't understand why I don't have a house like them. And the Lord, he must be taking me through a trial right now. I don't know the Lord. What do I need to repent? Just tell me I'll do it. I've been faithful, God. How come you're not coming through right now? I said now. This doesn't feel good, Lord, but I'll do it. And we we get ourselves into a position where we start to talk ourselves out of, of gratitude, of thankfulness, Of God's faithfulness and we start to measure ourselves by what we see in other people's lives instead of just being silent and saying, God, what are you doing in my life? And God, I thank you for what you're doing in my life. And so Apostle Paul says, I've learned. He basically is saying here that he's been able to crack the code and understand the value of this mystery. And then he says it, he says, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry. Look at verse 12, both to abound and to suffer need. Every single person in our lives, I guarantee you, there's areas in your life where you are full and complete and there's areas in your life where you have need. But God is faithful and has sustained you through it all. It's called life. It's called it's not going to be perfect. It's called. It's called I remember I was, I was driving down the street the other day. And I was just thinking about this when I was getting this message prepared. Because I just said, you know, this is, this is right up my alley, Lord. I just thank you for. Thank you for just rebuking me but i'm driving down the car with my kids and i'm i'm rolling i'm on at going to practice we about to go to practice y'all fired up let's go let's go we about to go to practice let's fire up let's go let's go we rolling bump 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 i'm rolling down and all of a sudden that bump of bump 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 was my back tire Bump the bump bum bump the bump, the bump. I'm like, do you hear that? Do you feel that? What's that? Nippy, little nippy, you feel that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dad. Said, is that the music or is that the All of a sudden I look while well, my car is I'm trying to get off the freeway because I'm going. Bum, da, da, bum, da, bum, da, bum, da. And I'm get off the corner, get around there, I look up there, my tire is tore up. So I had to call Minister Jennifer, Minister Adam. They came and called AAA, and we're sitting out there. And, you know, part of me was saying, what's up, Lord? (laughs) (laughs) Sitting good, man. And then part of me was saying, just chill out, man. You'll be all right. And so I'm going through this battle in my mind, and obviously I sided with the Lord on this situation until, (laughs) until... They went in my trunk and pulled out the yellow spare tire. You know the yellow one I'm talking about. That ugly yellow one that looked like a a donut. I'm not talking about a pretty yellow. And so the guy comes, he pulls out the tire, he begins to put it on, and you know, I'm, I'm like some of y'all. You know, I like to roll, I like to have my rims blinging, you know, thing like that. So I'm looking at the tire, and I'm looking at the front rim, and I'm looking at the back rim. I'm saying, oh man, this ain't cool, man. <laughs> Can I just tell on myself this after this? I'm saying, this isn't cool, man. My- Look at my car, man. And then the tire's about that skinny. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm like, man, this thing's going to fly off, man. So rolling there. And so I'm sitting there, and he's putting this on, and I'm just thinking about, you know, how I'm going to look. And he says to me, Minister Jennifer's right there. The brother says, he said, don't worry about it, brother. He said, just ride on people's right side. he said just ride on people's right side they won't even see that donut on the other side and so what I did was I shut my mouth and I got in my car and I just said Lord I just thank you That me and my kids, when we were driving down this street, that my tire didn't come flying off. And me and my sons get into an accident driving down the freeway. Lord, I thank you right now that I was able to get my son to practice even though I'm rolling with this donut. Praise the Lord anyhow. I thank you, God, that we got there. And we're fine. I thank you, God, that I had a spare tire in my back t- in my trunk that I was able to use in something a situation like this. I didn't say, "Well, the devil, I bind the devil." Devil, you did it. I didn't blind the devil. I said, "Lord, sometimes life just happens." Can I have an amen? And life just happens, and if you learn how to stop, assess the situation. Realize that now self-sufficiency kicks in and I have to learn, I have to convince myself that the spare tire is enough. That I'm satisfied in this moment. I'm not going to flip out, stress out because God, you made a way anyhow when I was in my tough situation. And God, you spared us. We did not nothing happen to us. And so God, I thank you. That what you've done, that where I'm at, what you're going to do. And God, I know I'm going to get another tire. So why do I need to flip out now? I learned, we got to learn how to be abased, but then also how to what? About. And learn how to rest in God regardless of the situations. Not denying that it's a tough situation. But I guarantee you, saints, if we change our perspective and we learn just to be silent about it. God will start convincing us and showing us in our hearts as we yield to him that, God, I got I got it. I got enough. For right now, for what, I, what you're doing in me now, and for what you will do for me in my life, God, I thank you. I've learned the art of contentment in life. The enemy wants to do is magnify things convince us that god is not with us but we've got to learn the secret we've got to learn this secret we have to tap into the mystery of contentment because if we don't we'll find ourselves going down the wrong way road
1: a production of the well christian community this has been times of refreshing with our teacher and pastor napoleon kaufman As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. There are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us, address your envelope to the Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing.